0: What's going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen. It is time for another Friday Night Live. So what is going on? Man, sorry I'm getting about an hour late start. Um, I was fishing, so I wasn't going to get off the lake till dark until the Game Wardens kicked me off. Uh, Actually, it was a park manager they kicked me off but uh the game warden was uh, out there to talk to me him and i are uh, uh we know each other so that's no big deal yeah i was we were picking on each other pretty hard that was a lot of fun anyway what's going on lewis how you doing man how you doing if you guys are joining me from my podcast welcome uh if you guys who don't know that i'm on most um I, you can find me on most podcasts except for apple itunes and that's it so you should be able to find me on all the rest of them so Goodness gracious, but uh, good good to see everybody popping on here. What's going on? (laughs) Ken said (laughs) morning. You must be messed up, but but I don't know. Hello, Fluke. Hope you're doing well. Thanks, Lewis. Appreciate it. Tristan, what's going on? I was fishing at the public fishing area right down the road from my house, finishing up this month's KBF Challenge Tournament. It was the last day. Um, I am currently in the lead by a whole lot uh i have got 115 and a half inches in second place damien he told me to give him a shout out he's got 105 he caught his he caught his new personal best today so i'm proud of him but uh but yeah it's it was pretty good i think jordan as soon as he enters his last fish he'll be in third or fourth so it's been a pretty good month 115 inches that's a whole lot of big big fish so i'll show you the one i caught today real quick let me pull it up I cut, they caught this one this afternoon. Actually, it's the one on the thumbnail. But uh, uh, let's get that one popped up. That's the one I caught this afternoon, 23 and a half inches. So somewhere around eight pounds, I, I think. I didn't put it on the scale. Water's so hot, I want to get them back in the water as soon as I can. So, so let's see. Ronnie Bullard, what's going on? Ron Abner, how you doing, man? Nicholas McFarland, how you doing? Uh, is this Georgia weather been good for you fishing here? I haven't had any luck this year. Very depressing. Um, it's been tough. It's been like a few bites a day, uh, but they've been good bites, good big, big fish. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been hot, miserably hot. I I go through about three or four of these a day, um, and so nuts, crazy. I haven't really fished as much as I wanted to either. I just hate being that hot. But uh Aaron uh Candigan going on. How you doing? Um what side should my reel be if I am right-handed? It's that's actually personal preference. I use my right-handed bitcaster, I I reel right-handed, left-handed with my with my spinning reels. But uh before we get rocking and rolling, I want you guys to remember we're doing that giveaway every single month. And this will be the last month. I only promote it to the Friday Night Live. Starting next month, I'm gonna start promoting it across the board and there'll be a lot more people enter them enter it but uh so you'll have a better chance of winning this month but you go to my website you buy a five dollar sticker when you get it you put it you stick it on something i don't care what you stick it on but you take a picture of it put it on instagram and use the hashtag hashtag stuck on fluke that hashtag right there um and then tag me and then at the end of each month i pick a winner And uh, you win a $50 gift certificate certificate to Tackle Warehouse and a $50 gift certificate to my website. And then uh, in May, late May, sometime in the spring next year, I'm going to pick a winner from the winner. So I'm going to put all the winners in a hat and pick them and I'm going to come to your house and take you fishing. So that's how that's going to rock and roll. So stuck on fluke is what you do. So... Uh, and there's my website flukemaster.com. I hope you guys can remember that. Shouldn't be too hard, but, uh, Laura V. Thanks for the 10 bucks. I appreciate it. I will get to your question here in just a minute, but, um, but anyway, so, uh, we're getting into like mid to late summer down here in the South. I know you guys up North are already in late summer, starting to get into that fall weather. Uh, I got a couple of hurricanes coming into the Gulf this weekend, this next week. Uh, should kick up the wind quite a bit. I'm gonna be fishing probably Gunnersville. But uh the bass should still be out deep uh on the outside edges of grass lines on long points and stuff like that. But uh but yeah, it should be pretty good. I've been still been dragging a worm, is all I've been doing, and caught some giants. This this is one of the best summers I've ever had, and I fish the same stinking bait every day. So but all right, Laura, we'll get to your question. Hold on just a minute, we get back to it. Uh, She says, I haven't trouble catching fish in Kerr Lake. The water is 80, but the nights are in the mid seventies. What should I throw? Be honest with you. What happens this time of the year is the bass pull out on, on main lake structure, which means like points and drops, uh, ledges that are under the water. Um, in the evenings and early, and throughout the night and in early mornings, they'll push up into shallow flats. They'll be along like laydowns and docks and things like that. Docks, they always, docks always have fish under them, but um, the best thing to do is to just slow down. That's the difference between this year and every other year that I've fished in the summertime is I'm fishing so slow. You literally could eat a sandwich from the time I cast it to the time I make my next cast. That's how slow I'm fishing a Texas rig worm and I'm catching giant fish. I caught a nine and a half this week. I caught three, two or three over seven pounds and a bunch of fives and just dragging. That's all I'm doing. And so uh, that's just slow way down. You'll catch them. But uh, let's see. Isaac Enoth. Uh Oh, and thanks for the 10 bucks, Laura. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, are there any baits you use to specifically target large bass besides big swim baits, big worms, big swim baits, big, uh, a jig, uh, jigs catch big fish. I don't care who you are. That's your, and I, I, I had Jordan dragging a jig tonight cause he needed to upgrade. And I told him, so you're not going to get a lot of bites, but the bites you get are going to be good fish. And so definitely he lost a 20 and a half or at least a 20 incher at the boat, a big fish at the boat. So he's kind of down in the dumps right now because he went from where he, uh, this morning he was in second. And now I think he's going to finish the tournament in fourth. So he's not too happy about it. Ooh, Sorry. Uh, Swampland says, Hey Fluke, do you watch the weather and barometric pressure for fishing? I've been having trouble putting fish in the boat lately. I do watch the weather. Um, I like slightly windy days. I like the windy parts of the day, but but mainly I just watch the weather because in the south we get uh, pop-up thunderstorms and I have to be real careful. And the lake I fish doesn't have any cell service. So once I'm there, I just have to watch the sky. Um, As for barometric pressure, I don't pay much attention to it because I just like to catch fish whenever. I do pay a little bit of attention to the salooner tables. Um, I use uh, the free version of Bass Forecast is what I do to check the the feeding times. And sometimes it's right and sometimes it's wrong, but it's pretty cool to to test that out. But that's typically what I do. So Robert McCormick, thanks for the uh, $7 Canadian. Hey, do do smallmouth get lazy when they get bigger uh catching only dinks with flukes and tired of uh digging them out yes they do what happens in a in large It happens the same way they'll reach a point in time in their life where they realize there ain't nothing can eat me is what they get to the point and they're like then they go and they find their favorite place to hang on and they just hang out there and just eat the rest of their life they eat when they're hungry and they go and hang out and they don't really have to worry too much so they just literally, they're not going to chase something. They know that all they need to do is get one big bite, one big uh, bait in their mouth or one big, uh, what do they eat up north, gobies or whatever. And they're, they're content. They're good. So I am, I'm a firm believer in that. I've, I've seen it a hundred times where they get a certain age and they're just like, whoop, they become hard to catch and you have to change your, your ways. So huh, what sandwich would I eat? Girl, this time of year, I would eat a tomato sandwich. Uh, Literally, I love fresh tomatoes out of my garden. Uh, I always say it's a religious experience, but uh, Duke's mayonnaise on white bread with uh, a couple of slices of fresh tomato. And I'm good a little garlic salt. Yep. He said throwing worms. What color? Color really depends on the water clarity. If It's real clear water. I'm going to throw a natural color. If it's kind of stained, I can throw natural or I can throw dark. Um, but I usually stay somewhere in that range. Um, you know, pinks, reds, uh, are good, but green pumpkin, black, black, and blue, that kind of color is usually what I go to first. So especially green pumpkin, I can catch, I think green pumpkin works in just about any water clarity. So, um, casual bass guy says, I've never caught a fish offshore besides, of. uh, Besides off the dam, they all come within 20 yards max from the from the bank and shade pockets and structure this summer. Uh, should I just stick to my guns or um, am I missing out? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, if you've got a boat, yeah, go go off, go learn how to fish offshore, learn how to find them on drops and on long points and that kind of stuff. Uh, that's where a lot of the big ones hang out. But uh, early in the morning, late in the afternoon, a lot of times those big ones are up shallow feeding. They're kind of cruising the bank, outside grass lines, and that kind of stuff. But uh, but yeah, if you're if you're having success, what I always say is don't leave fish to go find more fish. But if you're only catching dinks, you want to go find some big ones. Go try something new, and something different. So, what thirteen rods should I get for a Texas rig and jig setup? Price doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't like price doesn't matter because I'm a cheapskate, but, uh, their seven foot three medium heavy is my Texas rig and jig rod. I have the muse black, which is their higher end rod. I have the new fate black, which is only like $85 or 80. I don't, their prices are different in that. Um, in, in the Fate black, they start off at $80 and they go all the way up to like 90 depending on what model you have, but, or what uh, rod you get. But anyway, so seven foot three, um, seven foot three or, or seven foot four medium heavy is my favorite one. And that's what I've been throwing that one for three months on with a Texas rig and just having a ball. So definitely that would be what I would go for. Um, let's see. Aaron, uh, Candigan says, if we were fishing today at this time, what is the best lure in ponds for hydrilla? If I was fishing right now, dark. Um, and I was fishing over top of hydrilla. I would be using, if the hydrilla wasn't sitting on top of the water, I'd be using something like a whopper plopper or a buzz bait. If it had already topped out and was sitting on the top, I'd be using a frog, um, and a frog and a frog. So this is probably what I would be doing. So, uh, (laughs) reeling ramen, favorite sandwich. I already answered that one. Uh, Hunter, thanks for the 10 bucks. He says, uh, Gene, I fish a local oxbow, and I'm catching a good number of fish in four to six inches of water. Having trouble landing the bigger fish. Uh, fishing mostly a jig, 50 pound braid, seven foot medium heavy rod, eight uh, 8.1 reel. What are my What are my thoughts? If you're fishing 50 pound 50 pound braid and you're fishing jigs, I would not set the hook as hard. Is what I would do um what happens a lot of times and i learned this one years ago by by trial and a lot of error is you set the hook hard when you don't have a lot of stretch in your line and you're fishing a jig and you rip a hole in that fish's mouth wide enough to when that fish shakes its head or does anything crazy it can pop that jig out really really easy i actually started going to fishing a medium heavy rod with a fluorocarbon line and then a, a kind of a lighter jig hook than what I normally would on big thick jigs or big uh, heavy jigs. But uh, and just setting the hook, what I call a real set. You pull into them until your rod starts to bow and then you jerk back with that line tight. And it'll pop that fish's mouth open just enough to get that hook in and you won't rip a hole in it. So my buddy, David fields thanks for the $50, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, you're awesome. You're awesome. Oh, he said, "What's up? We need to get to uh, get together to build a big man yak, or get Luther to build a big man yak." Talking about bonafide. I'll be in the. I'll be the guinea pig. I'm not far for testing. <laughs> oh, I want in on these yak turnies. Uh, the demand is there. It is, man. It is. Um, dude, get with Southern Moon Outfitters. Seriously, go talk to them. Uh, See what he can do to, to put you in one. I know how big you are. Uh, I've given you a hug or two, so it's definitely, you're definitely going to need the biggest one out there, but I think there might be one out there right now that you can at least get in and try during a demo day. Don't be a pansy. Just get in it and have fun, brother. I appreciate uh, You're going to have fun. Uh, thanks for 50 bucks, man. Uh, big uh, Black Bass Angler, she says, uh, do you ever use white frogs and in what conditions? I use white frogs a lot, but I use them when the bass want them. Uh, and and it's trial and error. What I do is I, I have three different colors that I use for frogs. I have one with a black bottom, I have one with a yellow bottom, and I have one with a white. And I have a green pumpkin that I use, but I don't I, I don't try to figure out if the fish want it or not. I usually just use it when I already know they're on the frog. But anyway, so white, black, and yellow. And I'll I'll go between those until I get bit. Uh, sometimes they, in like matted vegetation, they want a black. Sometimes they want a yellow. Um, and sometimes I want a white, but I, my favorite one in matted vegetation is black and yellow, but in open water, I tend to use white most more, more than anything. So dang frog fishing. I'm going to Gunnersville this next week. I cannot wait. Oh my goodness. So, uh, Bryce Stanton says he caught his, uh, person, new personal best of, of 5.7 on a chatterbait. That's awesome. Hey, guys, speaking of chatterbaits, look what I got right here. I just got these in the mail today. This is the new Jabberjaw from 13 Fishing, if I can get it to focus on my hand. There we go. Oh, there it goes. It came off again. Come on. Let me get my face out of the way. There we go. There we go, Jabberjaw. Look at the bill. It's metal. It's got these little metal cheeks that are right here, right there, where the, the blade hits the inside of those metal cheeks. And it sounds like a chatterbait, but it's a square bill. And some guys are saying that they copied uh, Six Cents, but I know for a fact they've been working on this for three years. And I and I, I don't think either company copied each other. I just don't think they both had the same idea at the same time, which is freaking crazy. But uh, but yeah, I'll put my reputation on that. There's I know that the uh, integrity of both companies, and there's no way either company knew what was going on or anything else. So and if there is, I'm gonna get mad at somebody but I don't think so. That's, there's no way. They, they like being, or 13 likes being different. Um, Any tips for fishing high pressure public ponds? Slow down and fish small, small baits. Go, go light line, spinning rod and fish, uh, fish small baits real slow. That's my best way. A Ned rig is a great bait to throw high pressure public ponds. So uh, just bought an elite, 7 TI2 for my new canoe frontier 12 can't wait to slam out deep that'll be fun man learn how to read a fish finder That's the best thing I've done in years and I'm still learning. I really am did I just no? I thought I saw somebody I knew Let's see Todd Jones from Facebook says would you use a floor leader when cranking I got broke off yesterday at the same lake you were on thankfully the fish shook the lure loose and pop back back up my buddy Alan landed a six four pound while retrieving my lure dude that's awesome yeah I heard about that holy cow I did uh yeah I saw the live video that he did about that six and a half pounder but uh when I use a floral leader with I always use fluoro when I'm cranking I actually I prefer hundred percent fluoro the whole line just because I can get deeper when I'm cranking but if you're if you're using mainline uh braid yes use floral leader mainly to keep that bait from getting wrapped around your braid during the cast because that happens a lot if you have that stiffer floral it doesn't happen quite so much and you also get a little bit deeper with floral so uh would you use a square bill for pond fishing yes if i wasn't scared to lose it definitely because you can lose it so um hog jaws outdoor says how long does it take fish to get active again after a storm front uh is it based off of barometric pressure you know what i really don't don't know because today we had a storm move through as we were pulling up to the boat ramp and 30 minutes later i caught that 20 that big one uh that 23 and a half incher or, or an hour later probably but it just depends on the conditions it pretend, depends on what they're used to um i've i've had huge storms with lots of lightning shut them down but when it's just like rain with just a little bit of thunder and lightning, I, I've, I've still caught fish afterwards. So, and I don't think it has much to do with the barometric pressure. I, has, I think it has more to do with the lightning and the, and the loud thunder. So, um, any tips for fishing mountain lakes? Bay, uh, base bass get finicky, uh, finicky a lot of times. Uh, I don't, the best thing I can tell you, the, the lakes, some big mountain lakes that I've fished, um there's a lot of steep steep drops they'll the bass will get at a specific depth and they'll hang it out on steep drops or anything that sticks out a little bit further and they'll suspend a lot more than they do anywhere else and that's that's tough man i hate mountain lakes it's one thing i'm not really good at and i'd love to to get more experience at it so seven foot three heavy fast oh minnesota fisherman thanks for the ten bucks man i'm I'm sitting here reading your comment and totally didn't realize you donated ten bucks he says uh, seven foot three heavy fast action and seven foot medium rods, six, four, eight, one reels. Please suggest a third combo. Oh, okay. Um, seven foot three heavy fast. That's the one I'd have the eight, one to gear, eight, one to one gear ratio reel on seven foot medium, uh, six, four is good. You can, I'd bump it up to a seven, three or seven, eight. The new reels from 13, I think are seven, eight. Um, and then a spinning rod. You need to get something like a medium action spinning rod that you can throw light line on and get, you know, throw shaky heads and light, um, Ned rigs and that kind of stuff and just catch the snot out of fish. That's what I would do, but you got a pretty good setup there. You know, a medium heavy wouldn't be a bad one either. Medium heavy is seven foot one, seven foot two medium heavy would be a good one with a one one gear ratio reel. Thanks for the 10 bucks, man. I appreciate it y'all are awesome you guys that donate i you just don't know it means a lot to me and it really really does help out it does in the long run it really helps out it doesn't look like it's a lot of money but it adds up and it's great i really appreciate it we do I, I i use that to replace a lot of my camera gear as it wears out uh good evening flute master in france hey man what's going on uh Quinnan, I'm not going to try to pronounce your last name. I probably butchered your first name. He says, are you going to be competing in the 2021 KBF National Championship? Yes, I am. Uh, talking about the one in Louisiana, I qualified for it uh, last month or the month before last uh, through the KBF challenges. So, yes, I'll be fishing it. So, so will my son, Jordan. He'll be 17 when he finishes it, but he's 16 now. Can I drop shot? Can I drop shot help? for those hot summer days. Kyle, um, can I drop shot help? I'm, I don't understand your question. Sorry, man. Uh, SNS Outdoors, how you doing, man? He says, "When should I switch to orange cranks this fall? Is there a specific time when they switch to craws? Also, what's your favorite buzz bait?" I don't fish orange cranks in the fall. I fish shad color crankbaits. And if I'm going to fish a crawfish color, I've got one crankbait. I throw in only one, it is a Rapala jointed crawfish. And it's in like a green pumpkin color. It's not, it's not in anything orange. They get on those orange crankbaits in the early spring. I've never had luck in the sun, in the fall. Always with shad color crankbaits or spinner baits and that kind of stuff. Cause they're keyed in on bait fish in the fall is what I, is what I've, I've learned. So garrett crummer what's the deepest you fish at lake at i fish at lake west point uh where i live or you follow i have never fished west point and depth to me depends on the water water clarity if it's muddy their bass are going to be shallow but what you do is you go out in in you look at your fish finder you start to see balls of bait fish you remember what depth you saw those bait fish and the bass are going to be somewhere around the bank at that depth so or on structure at that depth depending so, Laura V donated another five bucks. What's going on? Thank you, thank you, thank you. He says, do you think you will come up to North Carolina, Virginia to fish Lake Gaston or Kerr Lake anytime soon? Not anytime soon, but once this COVID junk is all said and done, and once we get used to living with it, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start traveling more, and I'd love to to head up the East Coast. I was born in Virginia, and uh, I'd love to get up there and fish some. Thanks for the five bucks. Uh, Nick Roder. thanks for the $5. Any tips for flowing rivers? I've lost about five chatterbaits and two spinnerbaits on logs this month and I'm getting irritated. If there's logs, don't fish a chatterbait. With your spinnerbait, fish with your rod tip up at about, you know, 10 o'clock or not straight up, but out and up. And it'll hold that bait up a little bit further or a little bit more. And you'll be able to, to feel when it's coming up along the log and you will be able to speed up and pop it over top of it. Um, throw a weedless paddle tail swim bait. That's a good one. That'll come through that kind of stuff. Uh, that's what I would be throwing. I can't even think of anything else off the top of my head. So Josh, I'm not even going to pronounce your last name. Thanks for the five bucks, man. Man, that is a heck of a last name. He says, happy Friday fluke. How do you recommend a new angler find a confidence lure without spending a ton of cash? Pick one, just pick one and then hit the water and only fish that one, watch every video you can about it, that kind of stuff, and only fish that bait until you start to catch fish with it. I've done it with a jig back in the day. I did it with a spinner bait back in the day, and I did it with a jerk bait, and I did not have confidence in any of those until that's what I did. And the jig, I fished almost three weeks before getting a bite, and when I got that bite, something clicked, and I just started catching again and again, so that's what I would do. And a jig is a hard one to do. Oh gosh almighty, uh, swamp Thanks for the $5. She says in the swamps, we basically only have canals. So we beat the banks. Do you think the fish move shallow or deep within a canal or bayou based on the, uh, on heat, they tend to get into current and, and they'll get into those current breaks. If you can find like logs and stumps that are out off the bank, they'll be in and behind them. Um, they're going to find the shade, and they're going to find uh, the current breaks, like I said. Anything that's going to bring the water by them, because those canals almost always have current in them. Definitely. That's a good question. <clears throat> you got me thinking about going back down to Louisiana, to fish redfish again, though. Uh, Johnny Ringo, he's my sm- uh, favorite brand of braid, having trouble finding some for smooth casting. I've been, now I'm sponsored by Seagar, but I've been fishing Seagar since 06, and I've been sponsored by them for about three years now, so but I fish a uh, SmackDown braid. It's a smooth braid, but it holds great knots and it doesn't, doesn't dig into itself nearly as bad as like a lot of other smooth baits. It will dig into itself when like you get hung or you set the hook on a really big fish, which is what you want to do anyway. But, uh, but that's the only time I've ever had it just barely dig into itself. But SmackDown braid, it ain't cheap, but it lasts a long time. And I got a video out there about, uh, that I've made about three years ago about how to uh, save money on expensive braid. And how to put it on two reels and all whole nine yards. That's pretty good. It's a good video. Um, if you are fishing the bank at Chester Frost, what would you look for? The docks. Literally right there where they release fish um, from tournaments and stuff. There's always fish off of those docks. And somewhere around those docks. There's some hard rocks or something out from those docks is the one place I'd fish. The other good place is all the way down um past the park and, I, and it's there's a little point that sticks out right there that can be good certain times of the year so what phone tether do you recommend okay so what you do and i'm gonna make a video about this but it's only gonna be like three minutes long is you take <laughs> I'm, gonna, oh, I'm gonna take my phone out and show you guys my tether you get some gorilla tape okay and you take that Gorilla Tape and you fold it. You you carry off a little piece and then you get a piece of 550 cord. I wish I had Jordans because I actually did that to Jordans. Take a little piece of 550 cord about two or three inches long. Rip the guts out of it. So it's just the just the outside shell of the 550 cord. Lay it over crossways. So you, got the, you lay it over crossways where um, if this is going this way and this is going this way. And then before you tape it, you put a split ring under it. You guys can see this one's made by Night Eyes, but you can make one yourself. You can see where it's V'd up like that, okay? And then you put a split ring right there on the 550 cord, and it just tucks behind your phone, okay? Behind your phone case. So I tuck it in just like that. And these are like 12 bucks if you want to buy the Night Eyes one, but I made one for Jordan that works even better. And that's it. And then what I do is I just tie some 550 cord onto it, and it's a it's a good leash. So the night eyes one's really good if you're not handy and you can't do that but little little uh gorilla tape and some 550 cord and you can make a really good leash so that's it craziness um ethan tang i know you're sponsored by 13 but which combo would you recommend lose mock crush or shimano slx you know, I talked to Damien today, and he loves lose. And he had, I think, he had a mock crush. He has nothing but great, great things to say about about lose. And uh, he's a pretty good kayak fisherman. So, um, I've never really been a sh- fan of Shimano, but lose is what I would do if you don't want thirteen. You know, that's that's great, man. Um, what do you recommend for the ten X deep, ten X size deep diving crankbaits? A jig rod. Seven foot three, medium heavy, is what I would throw a, a ten XD on, because they're so heavy and so big, and that's exactly what I would do. Tactical yakin, how you doing, man? Thanks for the five bucks. He says, "Hey, buddy, hope all is well. Hope to meet you at nationals." In, in your opinion, do bass bite better on gizzard shad color or just regular shad color? Um, it's hard to say. They're so close to each other. The way I see it is shad gizzard shad. They can be the same color and you'll still get, bite, still get bit, but a little, little bait is a shad and a big bait is a gizzard shad is the way I look at it. So don't worry too much about the color of them being the same or different or anything else. So Hunter, man, thanks for the 10 bucks. Have you ever fished calling panther in central Mississippi? If so, any tips, tons of standing timber, pretty clear water right now <clears throat> with deep creek channels. I've never fished it but any lake that's got tons of timber and it has creek channels I'm in, my boat is in the creek channel and I'm flipping and pitching and casting to those trees that are along the creek channel. And if there's a point, I'm on the point fishing the, the trees that on the outside edge it all it, as as many lakes as I fish that are full of timber, you can find fish better if you ignore the timber and fish the structure fish the bottom changes. And, and along like creek channels and drops and things like that. Then you could look for the trees and stuff that are on those specific areas and you'll find better fish. And I'll give you, for instance, so uh, if I'm putting out brush piles in a lake that has no cover at all and nothing to do. If I'm putting out fish attractors, I'm going to uh, if I put a fish attractor on a flat way out in the middle of nowhere on a flat that might have a fish on it maybe once or twice a year. You mo- you're you not going to catch very many fish on it. But if I put that fish attractor out on a point or out on the outside bend of a creek channel or something like that, there's going to be more fish there and there's going to be fish there almost all the time. And depending on the depth and that kind of stuff, but it all depends on where those trees are uh, as to what, you know, where the fish are going to be. So, so <laughs> Joseph, he says, hey, Fluke, I want to send you some barbecue sauce and rubs. Where do I send it? Dude, hit me up on Facebook. I'll give you my address. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. I'm all, I'm a sucker for some good barbecue sauce. I've got a recipe that I worked for three years on and I finally got it right. My wife, I use so much, so much stuff when I make it because I'll make a gallon of it at a time. My wife's like, you can't make that very often because it, I do. It's great. It's some awesome barbecue sauce. It's really good for chicken and pork. So, which is about all I barbecue. Um, let's see. Ethan Tang. He says, I fish dirty pond, dirty water ponds, zero to less than a foot. Yep, that's dirty. And sh- uh, should I imitate the bluegill in the ponds and use a green pumpkin lure, chatterbait jig in dirty water, or should I use a darker, brighter color? I'd use darker, brighter. I really, w- I really would. Those brighter colors, they, they'll they think they're a bluegill. Um, but, um. And then the bass are going to be really, always be really close to cover, really close to things that you can see in the water, especially if it's less than a foot. Uh, The deepest those bass will probably go is maybe eight feet. And so it's going to be a shallow water lake. So, and they don't like to get too far away from things they can, they, you know, they can see. They want to be able to see something. They don't like to be out in the middle of nowhere and not be able to see. Um, East Coast Fish Whisperers. Hey, I like that name. says, hey, from Maryland. uh, What would be the top three tips for a person trying to learn offshore points deep flat fishing this season the number one tip number one is learn how to read a a a a lake map or a topo map number one that is one of my best skills i luckily i learned when i was a boy scout and i it got me through the army. It got through me a lot of stuff. Got got me through a lot of stuff. But fishing, I'm a map fisherman. I very seldom do any offshore fishing without looking at the map and studying the map first. Learn where those fish will hold on a point. And every time you catch a fish and you go back to your map and you mark where you caught it. And you can do it on GPS on your fish finder now, but even if you have a paper map, I would mark where I caught it and it would give me an idea of where those fish like to see, like to be. That's the biggest tip. Uh, big another one is learn how to fish a Carolina rig and learn how to fish a deep diving crankbait. Those will be your key baits for deep, deep stuff. So all right, let me take it, let me get a drink before I get to you, Robert. Throat's getting dry. Robert Thomas says, I fished the back, and thanks for the five bucks, man. I appreciate it. He says, I fished the back bay, the back bay in Virginia, and it is brackish water but there is big fish in there. I'm having trouble finding the fish in the grass. Fish the outside edge or the inside edge of the grass. I rarely get more than two feet inside the grass unless something blows up and lets me know they're further in there. I'm almost always right on the outside edge looking for little indentions and bumps and and points sticking out and that kind of stuff. Or I'm flipping maybe a foot inside because the bass that are active and that wanna feed are gonna be sitting on that outside edge because bait fish are going to be swimming by and they're going to be eating the bait fish as they swim by. So it's like a fence. You sit next to the fence and it and it funnels all of your food right past you. So woo, what are good spinning reels? Honestly, I think Shimano makes the best spinning reels on the market. Uh, Lose is still trying to figure things out. So it's thir- 13's got some good ones. The, the Prototype X is what I use. They're $200 a piece. They're really good. The KP is it KP or no? The Creed the, the creeds are really good like entry level to mid or, you know to medium range they run from forty to eighty dollars or forty to one hundred dollars. Um, they're really good. I love them. Uh, they got they got metal housing and stuff like that. They feel better than they are. But if you're gonna looking for the best on the market, it's Shimano. But you know they they figured that out um i don't know if okuma still makes good spinning reels they used to they used to make really good ones but i haven't tried them in years in muddy water i've always had good luck with a kvd chartreuse with black back square bill yes it's one of the first things i throw in muddy water is a chartreuse with black back square bill definitely man you guys that are donating you guys are awesome i appreciate it matthew foreman thanks for the 10 bucks man he says uh hey gene thanks for all you do man been fishing weightless soft plastics here in west virginia and keep having problems with the bass swallowing the hook. Yep. What am I doing wrong? You're fishing a weightless worm. Uh, it happens, dude. It really does. The, um, you might want to keep your line just a hair tighter and just focus a lot and, and but they take it down so deep, so fast. Um, there are videos out there and I've done a one, but it's part of another video that where I show how to take a hook out of a gut hooked uh, fish do a search for that because there's a there's a graphic out there that I learned from that shows you how to take a pair of pliers, and and get that hook out without killing the fish. And I do it all the time now. Well, I haven't gut hooked a fish, but maybe once or twice this year. But it's not hard to do. So yeah, dude. Carolina Riggs, famous for that too. Thanks for the ten dollars, man. Jeremy, thanks for the five bucks, man. He says, hey man, new to bass fishing, have a finesse setup and a heavy braid setup, but need a combo to run fluoro. What rod type would you you recommend? I got hiccups. That sucks. Um, my first thought was like a medium heavy rod is what you need. Uh, with some 15 to 15 to 17 pound braid, you might go 20, but I, I usually stay around 15 to 17 pound fluorocarbon. I don't know if I said braid or not, but, um, 811 gear ratio reel, like a seven to a seven foot three medium heavy rod, is what you probably should get next. That'd be a good one because you can do a lot of things with that. You can deep crank, you can throw a spinnerbait, you can uh, a Texas rig, jig, that kind of thing. And it's really, really good. What do you recommend for and thanks for the five bucks, man? I really appreciate it. He said, What do you recommend for clear water and it's 90 degrees outside? Um. Honestly, the air temperature has nothing to do with it. Clear water, I'm going to go with natural-looking baits. Uh, when I'm If I'm fishing or dragging a worm, it's going to be green pumpkins or watermelon and that kind of green-brown colors. Uh, if I'm throwing like a moving bait, it's going to be a bait fish color, either bluegill or, or some type of a shad color, shiny. You know, bass like shiny things, but that's kind of what I would look for. Yeah, the air temperature really doesn't, it's just hot. And the water temperature is probably in the 80s. If you've got air temperatures in the nineties, it's probably low, low to mid eighties. Um, are you, we going to see you in any more upcoming Chad Hoover videos. There was one he launched this week that I'm in. Um, he came down here and fished one day with him and his wife just before they got COVID. And so they're okay now, but yeah, uh, him and I, a matter of fact, he called me today and I missed his call cause I was out fishing. I'll have to call him tonight. But uh, yeah, we're going to start doing a lot more things together. Man, he's he's a good dude. Lewis Goins, man. He says, yep, thanks for all that you teach us. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um... <laughs> Laura, she says, I watch you every day. You have helped me and my husband get a lot better. That's awesome. She says, you rock. That's awesome. That's what I love, man. Especially like when dads take their kids or moms take their kids and husbands and wife find something they love to do together. I'm still trying to get my wife to go fishing all the time for me, but she... Uh, she has a job and and t- helps take care of the kids while I'm running around doing this. So one day, one day, Okuma do make good reels. They, you know, I bought some of the original Okuma spinning reels years ago, and they lasted me forever, forever. And I haven't bought anything since, but those were great. I think Okuma used to make reels for other companies, and then finally they said, you know what, screw that, I'm going to go, you know, Fish. I'm gonna go. Ma- We're gonna start making our own reels under our own brand. So if I remember correctly, that's what that story was. What's the best bait for standing timber? I like um, some type of a creature bait, some type of a flipping bait that I can get down into all that timber and that falls fairly slow, like a, a Rage Craw or Rage Bug or or uh, Thirteen Fishing's Invaders is a good one, but it falls a little little faster. Um, let's see. Robert Willard, uh, any tips for early fall fishing on Clarks Hill Lake locations and baits? Thank you. They're going to be schooling hard. Always have a clear Super Spook Junior tied on to something you can throw at them. And then they love to get, they start, they'll start. they start working into the mouths of creeks, like the mouths of Keg Creek. And and uh, some of the longer creeks, they'll start working into the mouths early fall. And uh, throw a square bill, throw a crankbait. Uh, erratic action. I always did, but I always have a topwater with you. And then when it gets dark, we'll be throwing Texas rigs, Carolina rigs on those humps leading back into the creeks. So, man, you're going to make me miss Clarks Hill for like a minute. Um, <laughs> Ian Edwards, you like the fishing dad? I never had. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, Let's see. Uh, no, I don't know anything. I don't know hardly anything about native kayaks. I was at their factory, uh, early or this, early this week picking up my bona fide, though, but I didn't. I didn't pay any attention to the natives. I hope you saw the pic of uh, the four pounder my little girl caught. Uh, check your messenger. I'll check it, Ray. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I think I did see it. I'll have to go look. I'll, I'll leave a comment if I when I take a look at it. Marcus Ayers, thanks for the five bucks. He says thanks for taking my or for taking my PB photo at Hiram, and I finally took your advice and stuck with a bait until I started catching on it. Now confident to try more. That's awesome, Marcus. That's awesome. Yeah, dude, it was fun to watch you catch that one. You got as giddy as a schoolgirl. It was great. <laughs> and thanks for asking me to take the picture some people would be uh, nervous to ask me that but i really appreciate it and then after i after you caught that one i started catching my fish so i ended up seventh in that tournament um let's see you like bank fishing i just well, what would that comment go did you like bank fishing or boat fishing better um i like it depends on the lake I like boat fishing a lot better cuz I can turn around and I can fish a little bit deeper water and I can I can get a better look at what's going on in the lake. But I spent 15 years fishing out from the bank and I and I love to do it. I'm not as healthy as I was back then so I don't typically walk very far anymore, but uh but I loved it when I when I was doing it. It was a blast. And when you catch a big one, it was man there was something about it i just I, I loved it so but yeah now it's boat i love boat and kayak but i still make bait fishing videos so you guys can learn and i i still remember those days i remember how much fun it was and i remember how much of a challenge it was too you always thought that the biggest bass were out in the middle of the lake sometimes a year they are but most of the times a year you can catch big ones shallow so daniel any uh, anyone got tips for fishing these weedy lakes in southern michigan areas depth to target I always look for the grass that sticks out the furthest and I'll start there and I'll work my way along the edge of the grass and I'm looking for life in the grass. The most life that I can find crawfish, bait fish, that kind of stuff. And you'll find bass, the more life you see. So vet for bass. What's going on? man? So West Monroe, Louisiana, what would you throw during this time? Uh, it all depends on the conditions of your lake. If it's West Monroe, I'm thinking you're looking at dark colored water um i love a white spinner bait i love to fish dark colored worms is another good one or some type of dark colored soft plastics uh a cinco would be great there's and uh matter of fact that fish right there was caught in louisiana um and i caught it on a black and blue cinco. so definitely um Robert Thomas, thanks for the five bucks, man. he says square bill or spinnerbait for this time of year. Spinnerbait mostly. Uh, I'll throw a square bill if like I've got a lot of laydowns and stuff and I want to cover some water along a bank. Um, I'll throw a square bill. But um starting next week, I'll be at a Gunnersville with all the grass and I'll have a spinner, a spinnerbait most of the time. But like I said, it all depends in like I'm trying to get to, you know, all depends on the conditions. If it's grass, spinnerbait, if it's laydowns and wood, a, a crankbait or a spinnerbait, but a square bill works really good in that. So, what's your second favorite species to target to break up the monotony? Um, Anything really. Crappie is one of my favorite ones to go for. I love to fish for bluegill with my kids. Um, but it's always, I'm always looking for that next big bass. And even if I'm bluegill fishing, I'm looking for that next big bass. So, But, uh, I, and I, and I grew up trout fishing, but that's not really close to be my favorite anymore. I still do it. I just, it got old. Um, yeah, Garrett Cromer, what's the best way to get my name recognized in the fishing industry? Work harder than everybody else. Um, and don't cut any corners. Definitely. But work hard. Don't stop and don't quit. I'm the YouTuber that never quit. I, I've. And that's why I'm here today. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I, I don't have a reason to quit. I love teaching people how to fish, I love reading the stories of people how to, that have been successful from what I taught them, that kind of stuff. But you've got to love it too. Just have being recognized in the fishing industry is great, but be a value in the in the fishing industry, be a value to your to your sponsors if you have sponsors and you'll you'll do just fine. But work hard. Speaking of working hard, Joni, what's going on, man? Uh, I said, "What's up, Gene? Can you make a video about creek channel turns? How to identify inside and outside turns, and how to uh, how fish set up on them? That's a good one, Joe. I will do that. They tend to do that more in the winter time, so I might do that in the winter time. But uh, I've talked about it in a few videos, but I've never really showed uh, been been specific about it. Remind me, and I'll do that, man. Definitely. Uh, what's your favorite? Oh, I just saw it, and it." There we go, Joshua Perkins. What's your favorite 13 fishing soft plastic? Um, it all depends. Right now, it's the uh, uh what's the thing? Ribbon tail worm. Uh, they're big ribbon tail, and and I cannot for the right of me remember the name of it right now. Crap. Feel bad. Uh, but anyway, yes, yeah, it's their big ribbon tail worm. The other one is the. The invader. I'm going to be using. I'll probably run out over the next couple of weeks. That's what I'll be flipping and punching into the grass and gutters is The invader. So, all right. We're going to jump ahead a little bit. Um, should crankbaits shake as you reel them back in? Yes, they're going to wiggle just like this. That's what the bill's made for. Like this one right here. This uh, oop, this jabber jaw. Not only does that bill make a rattling noise, but it, when it swims, it swims back and forth and you want one that kind of, when it's swimming, it kind of kicks off to the side a little bit as it's swimming through, but uh, that usually triggers baits, but that's a really good bait. But uh, all swim baits or all, all crankbaits are going to, are going to kick back and forth. What you don't want is you don't want one to, to track way off to one side or the other as it's coming towards you. And you definitely don't want one that does this number. Throw that one in the trash. I've had some like that. I had a company way, way back when I was with Bass Resource send me some stuff that was Chinese-made crankbaits. They wanted me to do a review on the on the crankbaits, and I got them. And literally three of them straight out of the box did spirals. Threw them all in the trash. Sent them a message that I will not be reviewing your baits. Go back to the drawing board. Um. What kind of maintenance do I need to do, uh, be doing uh, to my spinning reel? Number one rule: Do not take a spinning reel apart. You can take the spool off, clean it out, regrease that, regrease the little thing that go, the little rod that goes up and down, uh, clean it really good, but do not take it apart. I know real uh, repair guys that will not work on spinning reels because they're so hard to get back together. So definitely, uh, that's all I would do is just keep them clean. Most of them are sealed anyway, unless you got a dirt cheap one. So, hey, fluke, can't get any bites. Lake Cumberland, Kentucky, 70 foot plus depth. Clear water, steep bluffs on all sides. Any suggestions? That is my least favorite type of lake to fish. Look for humps. Go in to find the shallower water. There's going to be some shallower water. But the biggest thing is, is figure out the depth that the bait fish are on. And on those bluff walls and on those steeper banks, uh, fish concentrate on that depth. Don't let it go all the way to the bottom. I love to fish bluff walls when there's just a few of them. When it's all bluff, it's just tough to catch fish. But uh, I'll flip a bait in there and I'll just work those bluff walls and try to get it down to the depth that the bait fish are hanging at. So, when do I fish Green Pumpkin Black Flake and Green Pumpkin Magic? Let's get the Green Pumpkin out of there and I'll just talk about flake in soft plastics, no matter what the color is. If it's sunny, I'm going to have something that's got shiny flake. Uh, I just have a little bit more confidence in that. If it's not sunny, I'll have some, it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll have something that's usually got black flake or some type of a, a, a just a plain colored flake. But, sh- uh, sun is when it makes a difference. When it's a sunny day, you want to be able to get a little bit of glitter or a little bit of shine on it to get their attention. Uh, A little dip in J.J.'s magic works good. Works too, like some chartreuse, dip it in the tail. That's one thing I've been doing this week that I haven't been telling anybody because I wanted to wait till this tournament was over. Every worm that I fished the last three months, the tail's dipped in J.J.'s magic. Every one of them. Uh, It's either chartreuse or clear, but I that huge thing, and I'm going to do a video about it, but that's how I've been catching all these giants is just, you know, you get – you get to the point where you'd be dragging a worm and it, it, you'd get bites, but they wouldn't bite it and they wouldn't hang on to it. Just dipped it in JJ's and I started catching them. And from then on out, I'm like, yeah, why did I forget to, to, to do that? So I uh, ever fished piercy priest in Nashville. I have not. Um, I've, nope. I've been to it. Chad Hoover used to live on it, but I've never fished it. Where do you fish a chatterbait versus a jig in dirty water? I almost always fish a chatterbait when it's grass in the area, uh, when it's a grassy lake. Um, a jig in dirty water, I'm going to fish a jig in um, in shallow cover on hard bottom and that kind of stuff. What in the world? Sorry, my message messages just popped up for some reason. I didn't even hit anything. Let me get it out of the way. It keeps popping up. Um, all right, there we go. But anyway, so yeah, that's a jig is going to be hard bottom, going to be uh, shallow cover. And then a chatterbait is going to be around grass just because it comes through grass better. So when do you fit? Oh, I already answered that one. Um, Jonathan McCann says, hey, Fluke, will you be doing any other videos on what rods and reels to buy to get set up? Um, I can, I, the videos I'm working on the next few days are, I've got my new kayak are going to be the rigging videos. Um, and, and, I hate to do them cause it never gets a whole lot of views, but they need to be done. So I'm doing one on, uh, on how to rig up my, my motor guide troll motor. I'm doing another one on how to rig up the yak lights I'm putting in. Um, and there's one more and I can't remember what it is uh my tournament setup and that kind of stuff i'm just i may end up doing one like that i haven't decided that that's what i'm gonna do yet or not and i've got another one on trailer safety is what i'm gonna i'm working on tomorrow so i just got to get those out of the way and then move back to doing some fishing and as i go to gunnersville and figure out what's going on there i'll do some videos while i'm there so start looking for some grass fishing videos so um now jb bassard understand he says on lake sinclair swinging for a last minute upgrade or two and yeah you got till midnight bro and uh listening while i fish need two 20 inches to make it to third uh no catching that guy in first place you yeah good luck uh not that i'm being a, a hothead but i've got some big fish this this month i caught a 23 and a half today so um (laughs) yeah dude throw something big i haven't fished sinclair in years i'm just glad sinclair is finally putting big fish out back when i fished it it was a horrible lake but good luck man really really hope you i hope you get fifth or yeah fifth because jordan is in fourth my son so um, i'm rooting for you to get fifth Uh, only catching dinks in my pond in pennsylvania i know there are big ones there um tough to use jigs without getting hung up how can i catch the big ones um can't fish a jig without getting hung up <clears throat> how can i catch the big ones do what i've been doing big worms man drag a big worm on like a 3 ounce texas rig um see what happens you really do um pennsylvania they have a lot of crawfish in those lakes too so don't be afraid to throw on like a a green pumpkin rage crawl or something like that and try to drag that around so Another good question. Derek, uh, how, how often do you switch lures? No bites in 10 cast switch. Uh, I feel like I change out too often. So one of the turning points in my fishing, when I went from having days where I zeroed a lot even having a lot of days where I, where I zeroed to having very, very few days where I zeroed and the change was I became I got to the point where I could recognize very, very quickly when I had lost confidence in something, whether, whether it was the spot I'm fishing or the bait that I'm using, I lose confidence. I'm like switch goes off and I need to change. And I do it immediately. I don't say, well, I think I can catch them a little bit more with this one. I'm just going to fish this one. A few more casts. Nope. I put that sucker, rod, that stinking rod down on the, on the boat or down, grab another one or tie on a new bait and I'd go right at it. So it's not a number of casts. It's all up here in my head. Um I'm also a, a, an experimenter. So like I'd be fishing with a buddy of mine, he'd be in the front of the boat catching fish. I'm the one that's going to change and try to try to figure out how to catch them better. I do a lot of that. But the biggest thing is, is is recognize when you lose confidence and switch over to something else. So and I and a lot of times when I'm when I lose confidence, I'll change from like a bait, a moving bait to a bottom bait. You know, I'll go back and forth between the two until I figure out what kind of a mood the bass are in. Because bass are very, very moody. And you'll learn that through the years as you guys get better and better. So they are some stinking moody fish. Um, Come fish off my 125 foot, 120 foot yacht. Woo. I won't be fishing. I'll be hanging out, chilling, looking at the sun, watching somebody else fish off of something that big. Um... Oh my goodness. Somebody's on the Willamette River. Uh, Mr. Mitch fishing. Uh, I'm flipping for smallmouth on the Willamette River. What bait would you use? A tube, um, or some type of a, actually I would use something. The, the invader from 13 would probably be good because it falls faster. There's not a whole lot of kick to it, but, uh, something that's like a creature bait, but doesn't have something that's going to slow down the fall much because those smallmouth are so aggressive, they're going to bite something that falls fast. But yeah, dude, I used to live in Oregon, so I fished, the, I fished the Willamette a lot for steelhead and salmon back then, but it wasn't a whole lot of small. I didn't know they, even know there was smallmouth in it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I lived up in Salem, and I lived down in, uh, in uh, uh, Eugene a little bit too. Uh, let's see. So before we ask a few more questions, uh, you guys remember my giveaway. You can go to my website, flukemaster.com, buy a sticker for five bucks. It's only five bucks. And then get, when you get on Instagram, if you don't have an Instagram account, just create one just for this. But uh, if you get on Instagram, you post a picture of the sticker on something and then tag me hashtag stuck on fluke. And then I'll, uh, I choose a winner every month. You win a $50 tech warehouse gift certificate and you are gift card and you learn and you'll win the $50 gift, uh, gift code for my website flutemaster.com and uh and then show off all the stuff you get that'd be cool but anyway and uh i'll pick that winner and then the winner from each month going to a hat next may and i pick a winner and i go to your house pick you up and we go fishing for a day or two so all right let's get back to the questions uh, is there any credence to fishing a shady side of the lake or the sunny side or do bass only go off a structure depth yes fish the shady side as long as you can there are times especially in the fall where bass and the in the spring after the spawn where bass will hug to that to that shade until the last minute and then move out deeper um so yeah there is a lot of credence to it if there's a if there's grass they'll stay in the grass because the grass gives you shade but I'm always going to try to fish that shady current or that shady current, that shady side of the, of the lake as long as I possibly can. So, um, what type of rod and reel would you recommend for someone who is pick who is picking up the hobby? A medium spinning rod is number one. Um, mainly because you can fish a lot of light stuff and it's just, it's just a fun Fun rod to fish. You can do a lot of different things. If you're going to fish a lot of heavier baits, go to a medium heavy. But most of the time, where people when people are starting, they're throwing smaller stuff um, and stuff that's less than like a quarter ounce or less and that kind of stuff. So a medium spinning rod is what I would start with. And then graduate to like a bait caster and teach yourself how to fish it. Uh, medium heavy bait caster would be really good. But that's where I would start. Thanks, Ricardo. Appreciate it, man. One last question. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Races? Does do patches count too? Yes, patches count too. Um. How would you recommend catching cruising bass around the banks that don't seem to want to hit? Back up, back way off the bank as far as you dare. Um. And before, as you're approaching the lake make cast out there where you're going to be standing and then move close to the lake or close to the shore and cast along the, sh- along the shore, uh, throw a spinner bait, throw a, a, a fluke is my favorite to do it. A weightless fluke, just jerking it around. But, uh, the biggest thing is, is you don't want them to see you. So back off a little bit and make those casts or wear camouflage. I used to do that all the time. Wear a lot of camouflage, uh, when I did that. But, uh, definitely that's what i would that's what i would do just be real careful about how close you get to the bank you don't want them to see you so all right guys i'm sorry if i missed some questions you guys know that it's just hard to keep up i really appreciate all that you've done those who donated i appreciate it i thank you that's gonna go that's gonna help big time um but uh be sure to enter the contest we draw a winner i think next week and uh yeah like i always say be sure to introduce somebody to fishing Introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out of the water. Go out and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see